This OPI podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. Minutia Man is up next, but first, listen to this other fine OPI show. On this week's Free Kicks with Adam and Rick, we uh, dip into the English culture a little bit and find out, like, what? What do we find out, Adam? You're going to find out the ultimate northern three-course meal. A Wigan kebab, a smack bomb peewet, and a babby's yed. (laughs) And it's as good as it sounds. (laughs) All that and all the Premier League action on this week's Free Kicks with Adam and Rick, an OPI show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opie production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia Man with Rick and Dave. Both Rick and Dave. Rick, how are you? I, I, I'm fine. Now, you know, we talk a lot on yeah. the phone. Yes. But really... How are you? Have you noticed we really don't talk that much on the phone (laughs) anymore? Well, you you don't, uh, you're not even responding to my texts. Yeah, I, I, you know, I'm really taking this COVID thing to heart. (laughs) It's social distancing. Uh, I really am. No, but seriously, you know, I think we should really have a a discussion on, you know, your hopes, your dreams. Yeah. Right. Uh Uh, um, I hope to finish this cup of coffee (laughs) before the end of the show. Right. I hope that I make a nice dinner tonight. I, I you know, I really, uh, my plans really have, uh, my, my, my ambitions have down and you never, yeah. and let's be honest, the bar was not particularly high <laughs> to begin with. Uh, you know, I, I actually had a bucket list conversation with somebody not too long ago, about mm-hmm. a month ago. And I realized I've got nothing on my bucket list. Nothing anymore. left or nothing ever. Uh, nothing left. Yeah. I mean, I really, I've been to everywhere I'd like to go. I mean, I'd like to go again. Yeah, You know sure. what I mean? Right. I, I love traveling, right. but now that we're Americans and we're banned from going anywhere <laughs> right. in the world. Yeah. I don't know how Trump did it, but he was able to <laughs> figure out a, a travel <laughs> bad. Mexico really is paying for the wall. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, so we can't go anywhere. That's, and you, yeah, and you've written, what? Uh, I've written, 17 books I've or whatever eight books uh, yeah, I, i've you know yeah. been part of radio hall of fame uh broadcasts yeah, i yeah. i've done, you got three lovely kids and they're almost grown right, up right uh you know you saw the cubs win a world series I saw the cubs <laughs> win a world series so you know what you're right you really don't have anything left. so i mean that's why i'm i'm, I'm kind of fine well you know what you have to look forward to what's that is season two of Medusha Man. <laughs> oh, really? You're right. So this is our 183rd, I think. Right. And, and it's still season one. Well, so this, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts, yeah. and we have some great ones on the uh, on OPI shows and, and the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And I, and I also listen to other ones mm-hmm. beyond that. And they always say, like, all right, season one ends on, you know, our last episode of season <laughs> one. It'd be like the the 12th episode right we're at a 183 right now at season one you know we've been doing this for four years so do you want to have do you want to have a season ending show yes this is it uh, okay (laughs) you know what you're right you guys have just tuned into season one the final show season season two will be next it will go for 197 episodes god willing yeah that's true we gotta we gotta change that um, I think last week you talked about Sean getting his driver's license. Right. right? Yeah. Um, well, Lila got hers. Oh, wow. Yeah, she, we, uh, Michelle took Lila to the DMV. Okay. Uh, so and you, you didn't go. Huh? I didn't go because I'm like, I'm not going to waste seven hours doing yeah. the DMV thing. Well, my lovely bride 
my you know my lovely bride does not do anything without research (laughs) right that Um, is the safest thing you've ever said so she figured out the perfect time to go to the DMV. They were in and out of there in like 20 minutes. They were. Yeah. I, I, and I'm not, I'm not kidding. So reveal what this is. I think it was like Saturday at like one fifteen, and it closes at two or something. Really? Right. I'm sure Michelle had a Excel spreadsheet. And, Cause I was uh, told that at the end of the day, the guys who take you out on the driver's test are a little cranky. <laughs> well, Lila didn't have to do a driver's test cause she had a waiver from her school. Oh, okay. Did not Sean, Sean had to do a driver's test. Yeah. No, we. She just had to go and get the form signed. Oh, okay. So she. So after she gets her license, you know, that's. I think it was Saturday. <coughs> she comes home and she. All right, I'm going to Fiona's, and she just yeah assumes and now that the, now the car is hers. Right, and, yeah. exactly. Um, yeah. And at first, I mean, the first two days, I've been pretty. I mean, I, I like Saturday and Sunday. I was really nervous, and I would. I'm like, oh man, I don't really like this. Yeah. But then around. The forty-eight hour mark. I realize, you know, she can go grocery shopping now. Yeah, that's she right. could she could take Julia and Aaron oh, where right. over. And so I'm like, you know what? Once uh, you get past the worrying yeah, part, it that, really is great. And it was 48, 48 hours. Basically. That's not bad for you. That's a that's a new record. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hey, we've got a great show today, and we've got a we've got somebody who has been in perhaps five of the top grossing movies in history right um right including the number one right we are going to be talking should we say his name even or should we tease uh well no we can Uh, we can say who it is i mean people are in here for the uh they know what's coming up uh i don't have his name written down here in front of me (laughs) it's bobby 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 uh, holland uh, hand yeah and he is a stunt man he's the guy who fills in for uh, Chris Hemsworth, right. who plays the Amazing mm-hmm. Thor. So he was in all of the Avengers movies. And he's worked with uh, Chris Hemsworth uh, for you know about a the, dozen right. years. Tom Cruise, he was with Tom Cruise. So, I mean, he he was 007's uh, stunt right. man. Right. <laughs> you know, he's he, just like us, Rick. <laughs> Man's man. He has been in every action film over the last right. uh, two decades. And he, w- yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And he's. we're going to talk to him about workout routines that we do. Yep, yep, um, yep. And how he... Uh, and we're going to offer up our services to take his place if ever he's busy, <laughs> yes. you know. Right. Uh, we've done some pretty dangerous stunts, and we're going to share some of the stunts with him. Uh, so that's just your teaser. Um, before we get to him, I've got some yeah. minutia. Oh, I've got a jingle for yeah, you. Yeah, I know. That's That was my... Oh, that was sly. Yeah. You're listening to Minutia Men, featuring the wacky exploits of your good pals Rick and Dave. Give them 22 minutes and they'll give you absolutely nothing of value. Okay. You know, as journalists, Rick. <laughs> yes, that's what we are. Yeah, I think it's our responsibility to keep our audience abreast of COVID-19 development. Absolutely. Don't you think? Yep. Right. Are we going to the COVID health desk right We're now? We're going to the COVID health desk. Okay. Um, sadly, I have to share some very disconcerting news. Okay. Um, and we all know that, you know, we all know the common symptoms of COVID, right? Yes, and the problems, right. yes. the breathing and the headaches the and, cough, the, yeah, and just, you know, just loss horrible. of smell. And but there appears him. to be another very scary development with the, with this disease. Okay. There's been a huge increase in male genital injuries during it, COVID. Is this a real thing? Yeah. Research yeah. from the University of British Columbia have found maybe that, just Canadians. Yeah, right. maybe it's just the Canadians. But they're very polite. Yeah. I would think, you know, after you, uh, I could see, I could see that in America where we're just, you know, not polite. Yeah. We're living up to the penis name. Uh, but researchers from the University of British Columbia found that there has been a 
7,000% increase in injury in genital injuries among men in greater Victoria. Wow. Right. Would you like to hear what some of those injuries are? Do I want to hear? Yeah. Do I need to roll into a ball in the corner right now? Um, well, we could talk to, uh, uh, you know, we can talk to this Bobby, Bobby, uh, about genital injuries. When okay. He comes on. All right. All right. Um, first off, um, men getting bit by their dogs are up 800%. Well, you know, that makes sense. Right. If you think about it. Cause yeah. Fido's not, are, yeah. Fido's not that happy with dad constantly being around. Yeah. And, uh, people aren't usually home this much. Right. Um, penile fractures associated with drug and alcohol use they do not elaborate is up 130 <laughs> percent okay so maybe you're getting drunk and falling down the stairs maybe yeah. and landing on your penis uh, penile fractures associated with sexual intercourse intercourse has increased by 195 percent well i guess the theory is you're more uh, yeah you're home more together right uh, I, I've, it's, I found that it can also work the other way. Right. That's a counterintuitive. Uh, uh, ruptured testicles caused by ATV oh. mishaps. ATV, okay. Right, are right. up 240%. Okay. Um, this what is, is funny and not so funny. Injuries caused by domestic abuse up 135%. Evidently, the wives are not happy that gotcha. the, the guys are home as right. well. Um, and penile pain caused by self-pleasure okay. is up 243%. Well, that makes sense, too. Right. You've got so, more time to uh, bang the drum more slowly or whatever they call well, it. Well, evidently, they're yeah. not doing it more slowly because it's 195% in, or whatever. Wow, that's yeah. scary. Um, okay. So there you go. Be well, careful out there, kids. I have a, uh, you know what we haven't done in a long time is a Minutia Men Minutia Quiz. No. We got a jingle. Too. Time now for a minutia man. Minutia man. Minutia quiz. So as you were talking about uh, keeping people informed as journalists, uh, as sports journalists, um, yeah. we've, there's big I think news. we've got an honorary degree from, <laughs> I from, think from so. middle. We were in the communication school mm -hmm. at the University of Illinois. Right. Why don't you tell the story about how it's the, not <laughs> it's not important, Dave. Uh, so the minutia man minutia quiz uh, is about baseball's return which uh, was announced mm -hmm. this week. Uh, baseball is finally returning. I believe it's July 23rd and 24th. There's going to be some really odd rules, strange rules. For instance, there's going to be a 60-game schedule. They're going to have huge divisions broken up geographically. They'll have strict rules about social distancing and COVID and that sort of thing. So I thought I would quiz you on the new rules. Okay. And, and, and this is just a way of teaching everybody what these new rules are. You're a rabbi. I am. So, uh, Speaking first of which, up, we'll have a rabbi story coming up. Okay. So. <laughs> Buckle up. Uh, season rules. All right. Which one of these is not going to be a rule this year? Okay. All right. There's four things. One is not going to be a rule. Uh, a, no pitchers may bat, even in the National League, DH in both leagues. Okay. Okay. I'm pretty sure that is true. B, relief pitchers must face at least three batters after they're brought into the game. I think I think that's true, too. C. Now, in extra innings, there's going to be some strange things. Right. Uh, each batter will get five strikes in the extra innings. Okay, I don't think or that's Or D, true. in extra innings, the batting team starts the inning with a runner on second base. Um, I would have loved C when I was in Little League, <laughs> but I don't think the five-strike rule is... That's true. But uh, the rest of them are true. Right. In the extra innings, that not that a weird rule? They're going to well, start with the guy on second base? Yeah, that's... I mean, I, I understand the DH just for the fact that... Yeah, you know, I, I'm not uh, thrilled about that, but that's just a weird one. 
All right. So player rules. These are actual rules. Now, these is they sat, actually sat down and put these down on a list of paper. All right. One of these is not true. The four of three of them are. A. No spitting allowed. Uh, okay. B. No fist bumps, high fives, or handshakes allowed. Yeah. C. No sharing of equipment. Meaning no bat boys or coaches can help uh, bring the equipment. You know how at the end of the yeah, innings sure. they just throw their crap on the field? Right. And, and uh, you, a boy, please take this into the dugout. <laughs> or uh, D, no self-crotch grabbing or cup adjusting. I think D is the false one. It is, but the rest of them are true. Yeah. Imagine watching baseball. With no sweating. Or no, no spitting. spitting. Right. Yeah. You know, I, when Sean was a baseball player, when he was little, uh, the first thing he would do is, when he got into the boxes, yeah. he'd spit because yeah. he'd watched his sure. heroes do that. Sure. And Bridget used to just drive her crazy. Stop spitting! <laughs> um, anyway, all right. Finally, COVID rules. These are rules that are COVID rules for just this season. Okay? There will be a COVID-19 injury list. Players can't come off the list until they test negative two days in a row. So if they get COVID-19... They're put on an, uh, a special okay. list. That seems fair. Sure. Okay. Certain types of people, certain types of players are labeled as high risk. Right? Uh, Trump rally attendees, <laughs> Black Lives Matter protesters, and all players from Wuhan. <laughs> Wait, right? what, was the, uh, what was the guy, the Chinese, the Korean, no, the Korean, Hesop Choi. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Uh, C. Players can declare themselves as high risk and be placed on a COVID list without losing any service time. So if you say, like, I'm high risk. Oh, my God. Take me out. So you could take sick days. We could. Imagine a, a young Dave. Oh, my God. Rick I got his. COVID. Just pick, <laughs> give me the checks. Temperatures will be tested every day. And anyone who has a temperature above 100.4 will not even be allowed in the ballpark. Yeah, that right. makes sense. So which of those is not? Right? I think it's the Hesop Choi. <laughs> How did you know that? Uh, but the rest, I mean, so this is going to be kind of weird. Did you see that? So I think it was fan graphs or I don't know if it was baseball prospectus. So because of a 60-game season, playoff odds have changed considerably. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because it favors teams. Right. And, it, and the White Sox were the, the the team that had the highest jump in percentage of playoff possibilities because of a 60-game season. Wow. Yeah, they're now like at 38% or something. When they were like 18% before. Yeah, put some money down on them. <laughs> yeah. Well, the Cubs and the Sox, you know what their over-under is? What? 31 and a half wins. So, Same. Yes. It's basically. Okay. You know, 50, basic, 50, you know. Yeah, basically 500. Hey, Rick, you know that I love people, right? Yeah. Uh, I love meeting new people and making new friends. <laughs> that doesn't right. really sound like you, I'll be honest with you. Um, but I do have three friends that I've been getting to know via the opishows.com. Oh, would this be and friends? Uh, it would be and friends. Uh, Kimmy, Tommy, and Sam. Yeah. Yule are my new three best friends. I like them considerably more than you. That's you know, fine. You know what I love about them? Yeah. They're young. And I love the young kids. You gotta, you gotta bring in a new batch well, every now you know, and then. We're gonna do TikTok videos. They're gonna keep you young, right? And they, t they love, they do conversations. They talk that real friends have. You know what they don't know anything about? Nazis. <laughs> you could tell them all about Nazis. Did you? Uh, I think Tony actually told the story. You know those things that you used to put in the middle of forty fives? Yeah, the little plastic yeah. things, right? right. And they kind of look 
like swastikas. Do you remember? Oh, yeah. I guess they kind of And do. they, at the Museum of Broadcast Communications, they had a, you know, they had one up there and one, and I don't think, I don't know if it was, you know, either any of these guys, but somebody went up and goes, why do you have a swastika? Because they'd never seen it. Had never seen yeah. a little 45 thing. The youngsters. Um, hey, I got another health story. Okay. Oh, my well, God. This is, this is public uh, from the COVID disc or a desk or just a regular health. Um, health this story? is just this is just a regular health. Okay. Um, and I, it's finally some good news. Oh, fantastic. Right. It's, don't you? We need a little. Good Absolutely. News, Sadly, it's good news for a demographic that we may not particularly excel at and maybe not have even any listeners. And uh, I can't imagine what demographic that would be. Kosher lube puts oral sex on the menu for Orthodox Jews. Do you think we have any Orthodox I Jews? I bet we have some Orthodox Jews Let's listening to us. Yeah. Rabbi Doug is an Orthodox Jew, isn't he? Uh, is he Orthodox? Oh, maybe not. No. no. Um, rabbis have rarely generated so much excitement. <laughs> okay. Which is true. At least not in the bedroom. For the first time, Orthodox Jews can buy sexual lubricants that have been declared kosher. Okay. Um, the U.S. made wet range of lubes now has eight lines that have been given a religious stamp of approval, including its ecstasy product. Okay. Okay. There's a problem okay. here, though, that I'm thinking. I don't believe Orthodox Jews can have premarital sex. And then after you get married, there's really no sex. So I, I think they're cannibalizing a market here. Don't you think? Rabbi Stupp. Head of the not his real name. Head of the Rabbinic Council on Personal Interaction says that the kosher kosher certification for sexual lubes is relevant because Jews can swallow part of the the lube okay. during during some interaction. I, right? I think it's important to point out at this point that Dave is Jewish and is allowed to say these things. Well, I'm not saying anything that's not true. <laughs> I'm right just there. anticipating. I'm anticipating. So, so this is big news. Okay. All right. Now. Rick and I, we're idea guys. We are. Uh, yeah. We've even, in fact, owned an advertising agency. We, we did. Uh, so I think we should maybe try to come up with some ideas, maybe different names of the product, maybe. Product and name? Yeah. Okay. What do you think? All right. Um, I came up one, He Blue. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, how about uh, Shlomo Schmier? <laughs> That's not bad. Not bad. Oy Vele. How about Schmuckers? <laughs> Well, do you got the cranberry schmuckers? Uh, Kinky Kishki. I like that one. Uh, uh, Putz Schmutz. It's just fun to say these words. It is. Um, And, of course, Cox and Bagels. Well, I've got uh, Stooping Juice and Gefilte Schmundi. (laughs) So the, those would, uh, those are all good. I think we should guy. We got to bring back Yiddish. <laughs> I love Yiddish. I understand Yiddish. Yeah. It's basically German. All right. Well, that's uh, those are free ideas for the uh, the kosher lube for people. Rabbi Stupp. Yep. Uh, feel free to use those. Uh, we have time for one more feature here. A random name pulled out of Rurik's bowl of brushes with celebrities. Mixture. Collection. Selection. Assemblage. Medley. Assortment. Variety. Time now for Celebrity Potpourri with Rick and Dave. See, that guy would be named Shlomo, and it's a schmear. So it would be Shlomo schmear. What about schmooze? (laughs) That's not bad. Uh, all right, this is the part of the show where Dave reaches his hand into the jar and pulls out a name of a celebrity, and I have to tell the story of having met that celebrity. Um, I, I usually know these, um, stories and Bancroft. Okay. Academy award winning actress and Bancroft. Um, I, I will tell you that, uh, she was the first woman that I ever saw partially 
unclothed uh, because when I was like 10 years old, I saw the movie uh, The Graduate. Oh, okay. And sure. there's a quick scene sure. in there. Yeah. Um, She's still alive? She's No, she no, passed okay. away. Um, so I always had a soft spot in my heart for mm-hmm. her because of that. That's you know, you always right. remember your first. Right, of course. Um, but also, uh, I did briefly meet her. And this is a story that goes back to the very opening night of The Producers. You know how much I love The Producers. Mm-hmm. The movie mm-hmm. is maybe my number one or number two favorite film it, of all time. You could drop the needle anywhere on that. and It's gold. It's, you it's can gold. It right. And when I found out that Mel Brooks was doing a stage mm-hmm. production of my all-time favorite movie, I could not believe the excitement. And then I found out that he was debuting it in Chicago at the Chicago Theater, I believe it was, or the Cadillac Theater, mm-hmm. one of those theaters. And I, as a media member, got an invitation to opening night. Wow. Wow. And because I was in the Where media, does that rank in the... Bridget said, I, Bridget said yes to my... It, it's up there. <laughs> it's up there. And I found out about this because of uh, an interview with Mel Brooks, yeah. who invited me personally to well, this. The, right. So we're talking about yeah, so, is, so many layers right. here of just it's, unbelievable it's, excitement, right? Um, and, but I had never met his wife, Anne Bancroft. Mm-hmm. He was married to Anne Bancroft. And because of my status in the media... Uh, which is, you know, sounds, you know, a little full of myself, but it was because Mel Brooks put my name on this list that I, my seats were unbelievable. We were right in the middle. We were three rows behind Mel Brooks and Ann Bancroft, right? That's how close we were. Who'd you take? My wife. Yeah. I am married to her, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) Now, of the people that you knew, who would have appreciated more? Well, like I'm not going to get into this one. This was in 1998 or something okay. like that, or whatever it was, yeah. 2000, whatever, whatever that was. Um, but so anyway, we're sitting a few rows behind uh, Anne Bancroft and Mel Brooks, and the play starts, and it is the first act of the producers is perfect. There's not one misstep anywhere. Every moment of that play is perfect and unbelievably hilarious and if you know anything about me you know that i'm a great audience (laughs) and i've got a kind of distinctive high-pitched giggle laugh also when you're playing poker and and when i'm playing poker right that's true too and i was laughing so hysterically that i was like losing you know i almost lost consciousness a couple times and I, there were scenes that I was the only one laughing. And one, uh, there was one joke that they said, I don't remember what the joke was. And I thought it was hilarious. And I was laughing and nobody else was. And Ann Bancroft <laughs> turned around <laughs> and looked and, and nudged Mel. And like, that's, the, that's your guy right there. <laughs> yeah, right, right. That's, that's who you're writing for. And that's my Ann Bancroft wow. story. That, now, that is a fantastic story. <laughs> that is fantastic. Uh, you know, I never, I never saw the producers when it was here. Oh God, so good, Dane, so good, Dane Placco, our good friend. Yeah, he said, "Don't worry about it; I'll get you tickets." And he uh, did. Well, week one goes by, week eleven goes by, week, yeah. se- you know, and then yeah, he never did. Opening night, yeah, that opening night. 
Yeah, one of the biggest thrills ever in my entire life. Mm. Uh, we got another big thrill coming up, though. Bobby so, Holland Hanton coming in. Yeah, you talk about the producers. The producers not the highest grossing film of all time, uh, and and Bobby was in the the highest grossing film of all time, Avengers. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, Endgame. Avengers Endgame. And he's going to be with us uh, right after this. This week on End Friends, Kimmy insults my sex life. That's right. Tells us that men aren't having sex. She specifically says that I'm not having sex. I just put out straight facts. And it's true, but it's mean. All that and more on And Friends. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. Coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive, we welcome back our man in the field, Roger Rexroad, for a special two-part episode called Cars That Define a Decade. I'm Mark Vernon. Join me and our man in the field, Roger Rexroad, for this very special two-part episode of the Car Guys Report, a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And we're back. Time now for the Celebrity Minutia Minute. Hey, you got a minute? Celebrity Minutia Minute with Rick and Dave. All right, you may not know the name of Bobby Holland Hatton, but if you've seen Avengers Endgame, and based on the latest stats, it's a top-grossing film in <laughs> history. You've seen that film, so you've seen him. He's the stuntman for the almighty Thor, Chris Hemsworth, which means that uh, he has the exact same body type as Dave and I do. <laughs> what um, are you doing? Free weights there, uh, Bobby? Or are you doing machine? What are you doing? <laughs> but it's a young, it's a young man's game. We're happy for the youngster. Uh, seriously, though, Bobby uh, has done stunts in forty eight different uh, movies, and we're talking about some of the biggest movies ever. And so, I mean, the obvious question is, how do you? How do you get into the stunt yeah. business? How did that even start for yeah. you? And what did your mom say? <laughs> well, um, I mean, I, I I think it's been part of my life since I was a kid. I, I was a gymnast from the age of four, um, and I actually retired and stopped competing in Great Britain when I was 17 due to back injuries, and my Russian coach left and went to America, and I grew too tall, so it was, it was time to, to knock it on the head. So my whole life has been a physical degree in a way, if you like, so it kind of went hand in hand for me when I went to um, do live acrobatic stunt shows and high diving shows and um, high diving and trampolining, etc. So my whole life, as I said, has been very physical and it, it absolutely lends to being a stunt performer. So it's kind of, uh, you know, as I said, it goes hand in hand. So it's been, it's worked out quite well for me so far today. Um, you know, you've done pretty much every stunt imaginable. imaginable. You've been blown up you've fallen out of buildings uh but what's your signature stunt like if i'm a movie producer and i'm like i gotta i gotta do this uh you know let's call bobby what would you think what do you think is your you know your like, you know, like i said your 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 signature stunt yeah i mean again i, I think i've been very fortunate to have, have yeah exactly that i've performed a lot of stunts um in the past 13 years as long as my you know film stunt career has been going so you know as, as you said pifles fire burns everything so for me i'm probably known for the most for the, the whole physical side of things like parkour free running jumping around and i'd say probably specialize in a lot of wire work so over the last 13 years i have done so much wire work if that's ratchets if that's flying from buildings falling through glass wherever that may be. So, and that's, you know, wire work is quite unique, unique in a way for a stunt performer because you only really do wires if you are a stunt performer and it's, you can't really learn it or, I mean, you can go to training camps and do it, but 
um, you know, to try and do it safely and, and, and rigged by professionals. It's something that you kind of only do in, in stunts in film and TV. So, as I said, from the, from 13 years ago, I, I've been putting a wire and throwing it across the room hundreds of times. So you start to get used to how those wires work and how your body reacts to getting pulled off your feet at 100,000 knots a second. So it's... Um, you know, it's. I would say probably wire work would be my general all-round physical stunts is what I'm kind of known for, I guess. What would you say? Um, so, I mean, that that sounds pretty dangerous. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. Um, what uh, What is the most dangerous thing that anyone has ever asked you to do? Have you ever been to a, a meeting where they say, "All right, we're going to do this," and you said, "No, I'm not doing <laughs> yeah, that." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen, I mean, it kind of, it doesn't really work like that. I mean, obviously safety is, is paramount. It's the first thing that we, we make sure is, is, is put in place. And that comes with rehearsals. That comes with, a, you know, an experienced stunt coordinator and stunt team. And so everything gets, you know, rehearsed and, and is, is in increments, in very small increments. And we build up until it's safe to do it. So generally, depend, it doesn't matter what it is, the whole team collectively can pull it off some some way, shape or form, you know. So it would be rehearsal period and, and the rehearsal periods are the most important sometimes we start a film maybe eight nine weeks 12 weeks before the film starts principal photography so that gives us time to break down the script break down the action sequences and rehearse the stunt so uh, as of yet to date no i haven't turned down a stunt but again it's it's, it's something that we can as a team you work together to, to get the job done and that's what we that's what we you know we, we pride ourselves on how, how big is a team when you say the team like a what kind of people are you talking about? It really depends how stunt heavy the show is. So if it's a superhero movie and it's Thor or Avengers or something along those lines, or even Extraction, for example, then the team's pretty big because you need a, a rigging team, which they like, do all the safety wires and, and cables, etc. Then you've got a fight rehearsal team, and then you've got you know utility stunts, the general team that help out across the board, and then you've kind of got two teams in. in two different units so you've got main unit and second unit so it just really depends on it depends on um what the, the movie is to to actually how action heavy it is to actually be able to put that team together but i mean listen it can be our avengers team was was you know 30 40 40 strong and that was core every day wow wow you know uh you've done some some dangerous stunts but you know have you ever been um, have you ever dr- driven in a minivan on an 18-hour road trip with three kids that were not potty trained? Because I, I haven't yet, mate. I haven't yet. But we've got we've got a little eight-year-old, and she she's um she's a handful enough to be honest. We don't need any more right now. Okay, well you know you so you haven't done some stunts that I've done. Uh, so which, she, uh, so she's eight. Is that what you said? She just turned eight. Yes. So she's probably the exact height. Because when I had three daughters, um, uh, like Rick said, uh, they were all, they were eight and five and five, I had twins, and they would run into me continuously, and their heads were pretty much exactly where a very sensitive part of my body was, (laughs) and I would crumble. (laughs) Have they ever- (laughs) So um, as a stunt person, have you ever had a crumble in pain after uh, your daughter whacking you in a bad spot? (laughs) Luckily, no. She's uh, listen. She's she's a little angel, really. She's uh, she's pretty controlled when it comes, and I think she knows when 
Yankees, you shouldn't and should be doing things. So actually not to date and hopefully it stays that way. Okay. Well, come on to Chicago, buddy. I've got three kids here. The Avengers stuff will mean nothing to you after he's, a week. He's a, young, he's a young man, Dave. He hasn't gone through the stunts that we have gone through yet. But you'll, you'll get there someday, yeah, kid. I hear you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. One day, one day. Uh, so, you know, you've worked with a ton of, you know, different actors. Um and we always hear these stories like Tom Cruise insists on doing his own stunts. Have you ever, what actors have you worked with that, you know, and stars that really do insist on doing, you know, more than maybe they should, you know, have you ever worked with anybody like that? Well, yeah, I, I, I worked with Tom Cruise on, on Mission Impossible Fallout. Yeah. And that was my first experience working with Tom. And, and listen, he's a, he's, he's a phenomenal actor. He's a, he's a great movie star and he's a, a great athlete. He's, you know, he does his own stunts and, but again, for him to be able to put, perform those stunts, it's the stunt team that work with him very closely. Um, Wade Eastwood is a very good friend of mine who's the stunt coordinator and second director for Tom and most of his, well, the last probably eight movies. Um, so it's about getting the team getting, and, and someone that, you know, that, that Tom trusts and the, and the team that he trusts and, and, you know, it gets rehearsed with him until it's ready to shoot. So, yeah, I mean, most of the actors I work with, they all want to do their own stunts. But generally, it also depends on timing. It depends on which unit they're on and, yeah. and scheduling and also insurance. For I was example, just going to say, if, yeah. if, <laughs> that's a good yeah, I mean, reason. If the actor gets injured, if the actor gets injured, then, um, you know, they've got to shut production down until they're, until they're able to, to perform again. And that, that can cost a lot of money. So, you know, it's got to strategically be, things have got to be put in place to make the, the engine tick, if you like, and, and, and get, the, get the movie done to, the, to its highest capacity, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. So um, you've been, You've worked on some of the biggest uh, shows and movies of all time. You've been uh, in Game of Thrones and Wonder Woman. You did the, a couple of the Star Wars movies. And, you know, people have seen your work. Uh, that's just a guarantee. What is what is the one project that you worked on that was the most fun, that you've enjoyed the most? Um, I mean, again, I've, I've been lucky enough to work on uh, so many films that have been so much fun. They've all been fun in their own ways, but... As standout movies, I'd probably say, I mean, Thor Ragnarok is, is, is certainly up there because of the whole experience that we shot in Australia on the Gold Coast with Taika Waititi directing, who is an absolute genius. He's a, com he's a comedic genius. And yeah. Any film I do with Chris is always fun because it's the same team that we've been, you know, Chris, we've all been traveling around together now with Chris in the same team for the past eight years we, you know we've done 12 films together back to back and wow. we keep he keeps the same team and like we're, we're like one big family you know it's, it's great fun and I, I guess every like I said every film we did with Chris is great fun and I mean Batman The Dark Knight Rises was, was super fun for me for, for my own reasons as you know it, I was on that show for nine months I'd just come back from a bad back injury and I was fit enough to do the film it was stunt doubling for, for Christian Bale as Batman you know I was working with Buster Reeves and Tom Struthers and, and, and John Street and the list goes on, George Cottle, it's a great stunt team. And we, and we traveled some great locations around the States, Pittsburgh, LA, New York. So that's obviously a huge, another standout movie for me. And, and just recently guys, I've just filmed a, um, a little indie um, action comedy called school fight, which we're all playing or, or, or me and my friends are actually playing the lead parts as well, oh, as doing our fun. Own stunts, which was, yeah, it's an amazing experience. My first kind of, um, it was my, it's my acting debut, if you like, with, with dialogue and, a friend of mine who's a very, very talented man, Damian Walters, he, he wrote it, directed it, and produced it, and we starred in it. So that should be out late, 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 later this summer, hopefully, so kind of watch your space. But that was, again, amazing, amazing fun because it was, you know, you're working with your best pals on set. Oh, and it God, was, sounds great. It's a, com it's a comedy, so, what, you know, what more do you need? You know what I mean? What, what's the name of the, the short, or what's the name of the movie? 
It's not short. It's full feature, and it's called School Fight. School, school fight. fight okay well Stuart coy yeah. once kicked my ass and when i when i was in eighth grade i still if i see Stuart coy in the neighborhood i still walk away from him and that was 45 years ago so so you don't want me to be yeah yeah, yeah you don't want me to be in this but you know yeah, as your stunt double he's not going to be your backup uh, stunt man did you ever see the movie uh once upon a time in america uh, or uh, no uh, once upon a time in in uh in hollywood in hollywood yeah boy man the, the new tarantino thing. movie uh, because because that movie uh, features a stuntman, you know, Brad Pitt plays a stuntman uh, with Le- uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, um, and the the relationship between the stuntman and the actor is something that is actually pretty tight, according to this movie. And what you were describing with Chris sounds like you like that is an accurate portrayal of what it's like. Yeah, I've seen the movie. I'm, I'm a huge, huge fan of Quentin Tarantino. I'm sure mm-hmm. a lot of people are, and Brad Pitt and Leo. So. I watched the film and yeah, I guess there's, you know, I answered this question not too long ago. It's, there's definitely some similarities there because we're, we're very close. Me and Chris, again, I, I touched on, we've, we've done 12 movies together over the last eight, nearly nine years. So we've become very close friends and, you know, he, his family's like my family in a way. And, you know, we, we had the same sense of humor. We're the same age and we've, mm-hmm. and, and we've worked very closely together for the last, you know, best part of 10 years to, to, you know, and, and, and grown together. So, yeah, absolutely. Our relationship is, is amazing. And, you know, I speak to him on a daily basis. Uh, you you know, you talked about uh, some of the other people that you've doubled for. Uh, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, Daniel Craig, Ryan Reynolds, Chris Pine, Channing, Channing Tatum. Tatum. Some of the other ones, uh, Christian Bale you mentioned. Um, is Was there anyone that was difficult to work with? Um, no, it's I just mean, between us. No one will yeah, hear yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, do you know what? I mean, I think I've been so fortunate to work with some of the most amazing people, amazing actors, amazing directors, just all round cast and crew. I've been so fortunate to be able to, to do that. And, um, and I really mean that when I say it and, and everyone's been so professional, so much fun. And everyone that I've stunned doubled for, they've very much taken care of me and looked after me. I mean, I went on the, on the Dark Knight Rises. I had to go to, Christian Bale's house in, in, in LA and, and teach him the fights early on when we start just just towards the end of rehearsals and what a, what a legend he is you know like probably one of the best actors of our generation but oh, yeah. also such a love, lovely humble man and obviously a great dad and husband and we, we, we chilled out in, in his garden and had lunch and, and did fight rehearsals in his garden it was <laughs> it was probably one of my most amazing experiences in my life so I, again I've, 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 I've been lucky enough to, to work with some amazing people and you know, may that continue. Chris is obviously well up there. He's one of my favorites. Well, don't tell him that. Okay. Yeah, no. That's no. just between us. Well, we've got him on the air right now. Uh, <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> so, wish. Uh, COVID-19, obviously, <laughs> that has uh, affected everything, certainly here in the States. Um, well, how, how are things going with COVID-19 over there? And how is that affecting? I would imagine everything has stopped at this point. When do you have any idea when movies are going to get back going or production starts? Um yeah, just uh, how are things going? Yeah, I mean, again, over here, obviously, as you know, we we got hit very badly yeah. as well as the states yeah. and and the rest of the rest of the world. So, I think it's still very much, um, you know, trial and error, and, and it's a grey area on, on on what's happening. We are starting starting to slowly release restrictions and get back to somewhat normal, which will never be the same again, I yeah, believe. But. Yeah. You know, the, the shops are starting to open and there's new, obviously, rules that are, you know, they're enforced to, to make sure that we stick to the guidelines, etc. So 
it, if I'm honest, when it first when it first happened and it first started, it was a huge shock to the system. Obviously, you know, gyms being closed down, everyone obviously more importantly being ill and, and people unfortunately you know dying from this horrific you know disease and what's happened. And I guess everyone was in meltdown and, and didn't know what to do. But I personally and the rest of my family have not adapted to it. I don't think that's the right word, but I think we've you know taken on what's more what's the most important thing to us now and i think that you know if we can take any positives from anything like this which is very difficult at times but you've got to try and take positives and move on is right. that i think people who you know people will realize what really doesn't matter to them and what the important things are and what you know the superficial things and i i've certainly you know had a had a, a good time spending quality time with my family right. you know adapting to actually trying new things that you're kind of almost forced into in a way where when I'm filming on set, some, you know, we sometimes work six, seven days a week, 14, 15, 16, 17 hour days. And it's, yeah. you don't have time to do anything right. but sleep. So this has given me a chance to, again, towards the end of the year, we've, you know, I've acted in my first film and, um, you know, I've, I've written a children's book. So, oh. you know, it, it's, it's given me, you know, I'm training and adapting to my training in the garden and, and, and then trying to come up with ideas with, with no weights, which I, I do a lot anyway with, with the center app I'm part of with Chris. And so, but you know what, I, I the, the slower pace, you know, the slower pace of life right now is something that I'm kind of trying to embrace as much as possible. And, and you know, the, the country's slowly coming back, uh, you know, watching uh, Premier League uh, football is back uh, with no, with no crowds. It's kind of a little unusual. Have you seen any of those games? Mate, yeah, I'm obviously a huge football fan. I'm Arsenal and Portsmouth, so I as soon as it started again, it was straight. Yeah, it was straight back on my TVs, and and we've been watching it. It's very odd with the fake crowd, and um, you know, and it looks almost like this in a training ground. But I mean, Liverpool were amazing last night. They played Crystal Palace, and and they won four 0 which was some incredible goals. And Man City the night before that won five 0 So yeah, I'm very much watching. I mean, my wife's not too happy about it. But I'm very much watching most of the games every night. Really. Right. right. Yeah. I am. I am too. I, it, it's on in the afternoon here, uh, which is perfect. Uh, you know, Dave and I, we have our own business. Uh, we're we're publishers. And so during the afternoon, you know, we run our own schedules. I happen to have the afternoons that I can flick on the uh, Premier League, and I just I, I spend hours watching it. I gotta say, I love uh, it. Rick does a uh, podcast, a uh, soccer podcast. I do. Uh, yeah, it's called Free Kicks. But it, we we talk about. I just happen to I just happen to love football. It's my favorite sport. But it, Good on you, gents. Yeah, me too. It's, it's um, obviously as you know over here, it's people go crazy for it. It's, pe- it's in people's religion to to watch football. So. It's um yeah it's huge here and it's nice that it's back and hope you know the most important thing is trying to get you know bring it back and 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 be safe is right. the most important but to actually get sport back on the TV I'm, I'm obviously a huge UFC fan as well so I've been watching the fights and getting sport back is is kind of is is it stops everyone going too crazy you know so if uh, if people want to follow your career is do you have like a like a website or social media that uh, they can follow to keep track of where you're going to be next and what uh, what stunts you're doing. Yeah, I do. My Instagram handle is, is Bobby Dazzler eighty four, and I have a lot of um, behind the scenes stunt footage that I've done, footage with me and Chris together, and training you know tips and, and stuff that I do with Center, and it's got a lot of me messing around as well and having fun, which I try to do as much as possible. And there's there's lots of that. So yeah, I've obviously got my Instagram, my TikTok is Bobby Holland Hanton. Facebook, Twitter, all the same, and it's um, but yeah, trying to stay up with the times, gents, and stay up with these young kids of all these kind yeah, of uh, yeah. social media media platforms. But yeah, very much so. I'm, I'm trying to 
you know, trying to interact with more of that. Uh, you know, my daughter, I have, um, like I, I mentioned, they're now 14. My twins are 14. And one of my daughters are a huge, huge uh, Avengers fan. And when she found out that uh, that you were coming on, she, you know, we have interviewed heads of states and yeah. movie stars or whatever. They don't care about any of those. But you have made by far the biggest impression on her. So uh, so we're heroes oh, for, for one week. No, well, and I'm amazed. Like all of her friends, too, are really into, you know, this franchise, the, you know, the the Avengers. And she just got a ton of uh, Marvel books from her from her um, from the comic store that's now opening up. Yeah, this is a huge thing, and I uh, amazing. Yeah, what's it, her name? Uh, Aaron E H R E N. Aaron, a, a big hello from from Bobby here. I hope oh. you well, and thank you very much for your support. I love it. Oh, that's great. That's well, Bobby. That's... Thanks for being on the show. We really appreciate it, and we wish you the best of luck. And 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 please stay safe. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm worried about you. No worries, Jim. No, seriously, thanks for having me, and, and well, let's do it again. I've had fun, and you guys are legends. I'm glad that you love football like us, and we'll talk more in detail next time. Sounds good. Well, when you're in the States, we'll show you baseball. Because <laughs> a, a lot of you guys don't understand baseball. I'll be happy to show you how to do baseball or tell you the rules. I don't understand. I don't understand it, but I've, it's something when I've, I've worked in the States a lot, and, and it's something that I've, uh, I've made sure that I've been to every single side. So baseball, basketball, ice hockey, um, and American football, I've, I've done them all. Have you been in Chicago? Have you have you visited Chicago? Have you done I, anything? I, in yeah, I filmed I filmed Jupiter Ascending in Chicago. Huh. Oh, cool. Well, next time you're yeah. here, you okay. come you come to us. We'll, we'll, we'll tip a pint with you. Yes, and we'll watch uh, yeah, Premier Soccer. Good. Take, that sounds t- good, Jim. Take it easy, Bobby. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Bye bye. Bye bye. I think I think he's really going to call us when he comes in. Ow! I just I just ow! I just hit my knee on your desk. Ow! You are a stallion. Uh, no, what a great guy. Yeah, I yeah, like just, him. Just, just, uh, just I, like us. Just he like he us. is very much like us. Uh, listen, um, there are times that you need to just pause and pay tribute. And I think it's time for us to do that to our executive producer, Tony Lozano. We wrote you a poem, Tony. Opishows.com <laughs> because Tony works hard for us. Yeah. Uh, he is he's putting this show together he's, amongst others many great shows on opishows.com that's true and 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 if you were wondering about opi it's it's hippo backward it is it's opihshows.com so thanks to our executive producer so Tony emu Lasana. would be umi backwards right yes that's right okay. now do eckhart's press backwards <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah you I, I am not a. I'm not. I, I'm terrible at scrap. Yeah, you, you, you could not be Harry Carey. <laughs> you could not do the backwards thing. <clears throat> We're distributed by Ed Silla with Radio Misfits. Great talk radio That's isn't dead. Alice backwards. Silla is Alice backwards. Oh, very good. Uh, great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. RadioMisfits.com. And we'll be back again next week with another episode of Season 2 Starts Minutiabet. This OPI podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. The proceeding was a presentation of OPI Productions. Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts, including opishows.com. 
Thank you. This has been a presentation of Opi Productions. Tony, can you shut up? I'm Howard Sudbury, and I co-host the Back to You podcast with my longtime friend, Steve Basterville. He's the smart one. And our show is on the move. New episodes will now be released on Thursdays. And I have breaking news. The Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive with Mark Vernon and Lou Costable is on the move, too. New episodes of this great podcast will be released on Tuesdays. So check out Mark and Lou with the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive on Tuesdays and Back to You on Thursdays. Both are Opie Show productions on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Previously on Lozano and Friends. Rick Kempfer, you yeah. have a story about Larry Lujak. Uh, so Larry, uh, I, I met Larry when I was a young broadcaster. I was with uh, Brent Miller one day, and we happened to be driving near Larry's house. Yeah. And he lived in Palatine at that time. <laughs> and he said, well, let's go in and say hi to Larry. And Larry was in the backyard. He had just uh, rescued... Larry, Larry doesn't seem like a friendly person that you just pop in on. No. Okay. No. <laughs> so he was in the backyard. He had just rescued a baby squirrel, and he had it in a little cage, uh-huh. and he was nursing it, yeah. nursing this baby squirrel. And and Brant and I just sat there and watched him, and every, every like, you know, three, four minutes, Larry would say something, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and we'd go, oh, okay, Larry. And then we left. That was So that was the time that I met him. <laughs> right. Now... Years he was, later, he was breastfeeding it. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't fit it in the cage, but he, you know. <laughs> now years later, John Landecker was on Windy City Live. Yeah, he was. And yeah. we decided to surprise him with Larry Lujak yep, right. live mm-hmm. from uh, Santa right. Fe, New Mexico. Right. So I had to track him down for them, and I called Larry on the phone, and I started having conversations with Larry, and Larry. Now, and at that time, was very friendly, and he started calling me at home like three, four times a week wow. just to say hi. Yeah. And we we became pals, yeah, yeah. and you know my my son would answer the phone. And he'd say, hello, you know who I am, kid? <laughs> and uh, my son would say, uh, you're Larry Lujak? I'm worried about you, kid. You know, that sort of thing. Uh, how you doing? About average. You know, it was always the same, it was always, always the same thing. But in the, in the end, we became pals, and we probably talked, I'd say, 10 or 15 times on the phone. He never mentioned to me one single time that he was dying of cancer. Right. He never wow. brought up that he was sick yeah. or yeah. anything. Yeah. He sent me a picture of himself wearing a Elvis shirt, uh, you know, like a yeah. big picture of Elvis. Yeah. And then one day, the news is that he had yeah. passed away. Well, you know, he yeah. didn't like a big deal about him and he right. knew if that got out they were made a big deal out of him. Yes. I always thought charming and delightful old Uncle Lair was sarcastic. Yeah. But it's actually it actually was true. He yeah. really was a nice guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did come into Chicago once mm-hmm. for photos or something. <laughs> and because Larry wears jeans and like flannels and all that, and it it, it doesn't he looks a little disheveled. Let's yeah. you know. Sure yeah. we did. So we were we were producing the Melissa Foreman show <laughs> and Melissa's like there's a homeless guy roaming the hallway. Oh, yes. Are you kidding? <laughs> and I'm like, what? And so I go out there, and it was. I'm like, that's Larry. <laughs> she almost oh. called security on Larry Lujak. But he he was pretty rough looking. Right. That, right. that day. Right. <laughs> he was rough looking for 40 years ago. I was just yeah. In his peak, when he was making a lot of money, he still would buy like $12 jeans. That's how he was. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm assuming that you know how I get us. But in case you don't, here's Fred Winston to tell you how. Lasano and Friends, available on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, Apple iTunes, Stitcher Smart Radio app, and on Lasano.com. 
That's just in case somehow you accidentally tuned tuned in. You can't even tune in. If you accidentally ran into if our you're dialing podcast, around the internet. If you're dialing yeah, around on the interwebs, in. yeah. I don't know how these things work. <laughs> so, whatever. Get more Lasano and friends now on Lasano.com.